Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifters Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today's episode, it's a fun one, something I've never spoke about before, and that is three ways to fix a skinny fat body. So if you are someone who, like me, you're falling into that skinny fat category where in your clothes you feel a bit skinny, but when you take your shirt off, you have some belly fat. You might feel a bit soft around the edges, a bit pudgy, and you don't have a whole lot of definition or shape or tone to your body and you'd like to fix that. This episode is for you because on today's episode, I cause I, I speak about four common causes of being skinny fat. So what actually causes a skinny fat body and then three ways to actually fix it, okay? And if you listen towards the end there, probably the most important way is in relation to the diet. I really dive deep into that, so make sure you listen to the very end. Um, so that is what today's episode is about. If you do get value from the show, thank you so much everyone for leaving a rating so far. Um, the episode downloads have been increasing steadily and I'm happy with the, with the downloads so far. Happy with the number of five-star reviews. So for all my listeners out there, I really do appreciate you are leaving the five-star review and you are helping spread the word and helping people become a better, healthier, leaner, more toned version of themselves, which I really do appreciate. So if you do get value from the show and you are listening, but you're not driving, I would appreciate while you're listening to just tap that five-star rating on your Apple iTunes or on Spotify. And as a bonus to leave a, a written review, I do read all the reviews and I really am grateful for every single one of them. So thank you all for the, the kind reviews and the five-star ratings. And without further ado, here is this week's episode. I really hope you enjoy. Have a pen and paper at hand, take notes. It is intensive. It is heavy on the knowledge side, but it's very, very valuable, particularly if you fall into the skinny fat category. All right, so this is, uh, hopefully that you will enjoy this week's episode of the Lifestyle Literature. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I hope everyone's having a great week. As of recording this, I am here in Dubai about 10 days or so at this stage and I must say I am liking it so far. The biggest thing that I like about it is the consistency with the weather. I mean, every day you know what you're getting. It is nice, it is warm, there is no risk of rain. It's roughly at the moment, April, start of April, mid-20s to... 30s 25 27 28 in around that range but even with spain when i moved to marbella last year generally the weather obviously naturally got warmer towards the summertime but there would have been days there that god i was off the opinion when i went to marbella that i wouldn't need any tracksuits at all any pants any jumpers i barely brought the bare minimum and thank god i did some mornings it was genuinely cold it did rain quite a bit um Whereas over here, it's like there's just so much consistency with the weather. So that is actually probably my favorite part of the of, of Dubai so far. Um, it's also the very, very good public transport line. I'm just living right off the metro here, and it goes every three minutes. Every three minutes, um, a new train goes. So it's like anywhere you want to go around the UAE, it's very, very accessible. Um, on top of this as well, gyms are obviously really good um it, it's really great when you're able to train in an environment where genuinely without even being arrogant if i'm training back home in a gym maybe in galway i'd probably be one of the people in there who'd be in you know at least better shape than than more than not but here it's like 
you're one of the smallest guys in the gym. And I absolutely love it because it just, again, it, it gets you thinking at a higher level that you're a small, small fish in a very, very big pond. And there's so many people out here doing better than you physically, financially and business wise and just lifestyle in general. So it's a good way. And I'm really leveling up myself and my training, my um, even I'm going to be prepping haven't fully announced this yet, but I don't have a date in mind, but I will be prepping for a photo shoot over here. I just, I'm in a good frame of mind. I've got a lot of things dialed in, in control of my food. So a big thing with food is controlling your food environment. And even just living back home in Galway, I would eat relatively clean, but you know, there's there's chocolate there lying in the press every now and then, or you might have an extra serving at dinner that you probably didn't need and so on. Whereas over here, I'm in control of everything. So I decide what I bring into the house. If I do want a treat, I don't buy it in the shop as such bar dark chocolate. I'll make myself walk to the shop and get it. And it just delays that gratification that bit more and increase the resistance of actually getting it. So, so far, I'm really enjoying Dubai and I could potentially see myself make a short term move at least out here and just give it, give it a bit more time. Um, but that is that is down the line. That is slightly off topic for today. I just wanted to do a quick update with you guys. And today's episode, it's going to be geared around skinny fat and specifically three ways to fix a skinny fat body. Because as somebody who was skinny fat for 19 years of my life, it can be quite a difficult thing to deal with. And to, you know, I, I found it quite challenging, if I was being honest. And I'll tell a story. When I went to college, I was 100% just skinny. I wasn't even skinny fat. I was just skinny. And there, being in Mary Eye, for anyone who doesn't know, it's predominantly women there. Um, there's roughly a one to five guys to girl ratio. So in our class, um, I was in class 5A and there's 30 people roughly in the class. Five guys there were and 25 girls roughly so it was really genuinely in that one to five ratio but ironically uh, there was two of us in the class called Adrian <laughs> Adrian McGuire from Tipperary one of my friends and obviously myself and then Dan one of the one of the guys in the class to differentiate between both of us he said we'll just call you small Adrian <laughs> and I kind of made nothing of it initially but at the same time there was an element of truth to it that if that was how others perceived and saw me, I was small and, and you know, I kind of was skinny. Then as first year went on and I started eating junk food and started going out and drinking more consistently, I went from being skinny to skinny fat. And that was when I got to a point then where I was just kind of fed up and was like, right, something needs to change here. I put on probably over a stone in my first year in college and I assure you, none of that was muscle. All of that was just fat. So I went from being skinny to skinny fat at maybe 67 to 74 kilos. I think it would have weighed in roughly at the end of first year in college there and just completely skinny fat. And I would argue in some ways that being skinny fat. This might be controversial, but just hear me out at least that being skinny fat is potentially harder than someone who is overweight. Now, not obese, there's a difference between overweight and obese, but someone who is overweight, because at least if you're overweight and you have at least a baseline of strength there in muscle, 
that when you do strip off that fat, you've got muscle to rely on. Whereas when you're skinny fat, the root cause of it, which I'll go into in a moment, the root cause of being skinny fat is having a lack of muscle across your entire body. So even if you are skinny fat like I was, and you do lose some of the fat, what do you do then? You still have no muscle. So it's just a hard one. It's a hard balancing act. And it does take time to transform a skinny fat body because I was certainly the way. And I will say, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being skinny fat. You know, I was skinny fat for 19 years of my life. But if if you were like me, um, whether you are in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, even 50s, and you you fall into this category, you know, and you don't want to, you're not happy with where you're at. It's it's 100% possible to change it. It just does take the right approach and some time, which hopefully I'll go into and provide you value with in this episode. So what is skinny fat? So in your clothes, you might feel a bit skinny. For example, I would never really have worn a t-shirt on a night out when I was skinny fat because even though I did feel skinny, like my arms are absolutely tiny. I had no chest. It's like every jumper was like addressing me. <laughs> It was very, very difficult to get something that actually fitted. But then when you take your shirt off, you have a bit of belly fat there. So it, it's kind of like a hard balancing act. In your clothes, you feel skinny, but with your top off, you have some belly fat. So that is kind of one of the symptoms of being skinny fat. Um, others include you might look soft and kind of out of shape. You know, you might feel a bit pudgy, a bit chubby around the edges. you got some love handles there. Maybe... Um, carrying some extra weight around the belly but again no one would ever call you overweight but you're just carrying an extra weight around those stubborn areas you lack muscle definition so if you lack a muscle across your body and you don't really have much shape or tone to your frame and you often have as well when you're skinny fat like you often have a relatively normal body fat percentage you know, it's not overly high. You just seem to carry some of that excess belly fat, as, as I was saying, around some of the stubborn areas. Okay, so they're kind of some of the common symptoms of being skinny fat. So soft around the middle um, in your clothes, you feel a bit skinny. But when you take your shirt off, you have some belly fat and you just you don't have a whole lot of muscle definition across your entire body. So what actually causes then being skinny fat? So the root cause of being skinny fat comes from having a lack of muscle across your entire body, as I already said. And for example, I was once working with a client, Emmett, and he probably would have fed into this category of the skinny fat category. And he was very, very clear what he wanted to do. He needed to build muscle and just get stronger. That was his big thing, that he hadn't a whole lot of body fat Still relatively healthy BMI, but he just didn't have any muscle in his frame. So we had to put a plan in place to actually help him build muscle. And that did require him, you know, eating more foods than he was accustomed to, changing his diet, which I'll talk about I'll talk about next, and just doing the right form of training. So that is the root cause of being skinny fat, having a lack of muscle across your entire body. Okay. Secondly, then, Excessive amounts of cardio, typically, not always, but typically you're probably doing excessive amounts of cardio and not enough strength training. So I once had a client, Shifra, and she would have fell into this bracket where, as she called herself, she would have been the cardio bunny. No problem doing a 5K, no problem doing a 10K. 
But like most women out there, she wanted to tone up. She wanted to get a bit leaner, have a bit more definition. And she just felt that with all the running that she was doing, she was giving it the input, but she wasn't getting the output. And she was confused as to why. But again, going back to the root cause of being skinny fat, it comes from having a lack of muscle across your entire body. And as I kind of explained to her, when you're doing these excess, when you're doing excessive amounts of cardio in the absence, this is key, in the absence of strength training, you'll just become a smaller, skinnier fat version of yourself. Because when you think about it, what gives your body that shape and that tone that most people, that most guys and most girls want? That shape and that tone comes from having muscle in the absence of body fat. You build muscle by lifting weights. You lose body fat by being in a calorie deficit. Cardio can help you get into a caloric deficit because it's very good for burning calories. But if you burn calories without actually adding any shape and tone to that, you just become a smaller, skinnier fat version of yourself. And that was why she wasn't getting any changes, seeing any changes. She was just doing cardio. You know, another story, a guy in the gym that I used to train in and chew, I told this story before, he used to run the treadmill just for 45, 60 minutes an hour. And every single year, you know, look, I, I don't know what his goals were. And maybe it, body composition didn't come into it. But you do see a lot of avid gym goers like this who are just on the treadmill every single morning. And it's not my place. I'll never tell anyone that they're wrong or what they're doing is wrong. Because again, I don't know why they're doing it. It might just be mentally and that makes them feel good and they don't care about how they look. But if you do care about how you look and you're just doing cardio as your only your main form of exercise, it's probably not the most optimal approach, which I told Shifra. This moves me on to my third point and another cause of being skinny fat, having a lack of muscle, excessive cardio. Number three would be having a low protein diet. So, for example, I'm currently working with a client, Morris, and he'd probably fall into this category of the low protein diet, where I always ask anyone who knew to work with me what a typical day would look like on both weekdays and weekends. So I have a good idea, first of all, where their calories are at. So you don't bump them up or drop them too drastically from where they're currently at. But also just to give me an idea of what a typical day in their lifestyle looks like. And for him, he thought he was eating relatively healthy, which you might think this is quite healthy on the, on the on the surface, where a bowl of porridge with some low-fat skim milk and maybe a handful of berries in the morning. He'll have then something like a soup at lunch with a bit of brown bread, brown soda bread, or potentially a wrap. You know, something like a BLT wrap where it's predominantly bread, maybe a small bit of bacon thrown in there, lettuce and tomatoes. Then on the way home from work, he'll grab a coffee, a cup of tea, and a small little bar of chocolate or something just to tie you over for the way home. And then you have dinner in the evening. And dinner is your typical meat, veg, and potatoes. Whether that's a chicken fillet stir fry, whether that is, um, you know, chili con carne, whether that is uh, lean beef, uh, mince, whatever, whatever it is, some form of just typical meat, veg, and potatoes. Or just your tip, your standard dinner. And when I kind of coach him on this and broke down his typical day, Okay, what is porridge and what is fruit? Both forms of carbohydrates. Great for giving you energy, no protein there really. Porridge has trace elements of protein, but it's not a protein food. Soup at lunchtime. Again, source of carbohydrates can potentially be good depending on how it's made, but no protein there. 
brown bread, no protein there. Bacon, lettuce, BLT wrap, minimal amount of protein in a very processed meat that is, you know, sliced bacon. Um, on the way home, um, coffee or a cup of tea. Again, no, no protein there with a bar of chocolate. So he's actually not having any lean source of protein until he gets home for dinner. And generally for guys, I would recommend, <clears throat> again, you know, depending on your, your weight, but roughly 150 grams of protein for guys if you're at, a, you know, a relatively healthy body weight and 120 for girls, it's usually a good target to aim for. Now, with Morris, by the time he got home, he might have only had 10 grams to 20 grams of protein, depending on, you know, the size of the porridge that he had and so on. So it's very, very hard to make up 130 grams of protein, nor is it advisable in one meal. So a low protein diet is another cause of being skinny fat. And with him, it was a case of balancing and adding protein to every single meal. So that could be porridge with a scoop of protein in it, porridge with some Greek yogurt there. Um, it could be soup, but add some chicken, add some sliced chicken fillet to it or something there. And now you're getting a lean source of protein. And then all of a sudden, you're at 40 grams at breakfast, 40 grams at, at lunch, and you're at 80 grams come dinner time. Okay, you get another 40 or 50 at dinner, and you could have a bit of a snack in the evening, that's you done. All right, so that is another cause of being skinny fat. And the final one is having an inadequate caloric intake. And this is dependent on the individual. So I would usually say that for most people, if you are skinny fat and you're above 15% body fat, it's probably best to lose the fat first and then focus on building muscle. If you're below 15% and you don't have a whole lot of body fat, but you don't have a whole lot of muscle, you're probably better off focusing on actually building mass and adding some size. So I would have been in the below 15% body fat, I would say roughly come the end of college. So it wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense for me to drop my calories even more and try to lose the fat. But again, this is context dependent, but in general, the root cause of being skinny fat, as I said, lack of muscle, excessive cardio, low protein diet, and not eating the right amount of calories for you and for your specific goals. Okay, so now that we know what skinny fat is, what causes it, the million dollar question, how do you actually fix it? So let me take a quick sup of water. <clears throat> Okay, so when it comes to fixing skinny fat body, the first and the most important thing is building muscle, as I said. The root cause of being skinny fat, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's worth saying again, is having a lack of muscle across your entire body. How do you build muscle? You build muscle by lifting weights. So for anyone who is in that skinny fat kind of category like I was, I would suggest when you're lifting weights, See, that it, there's, it's not enough just to say you have to lift weights. You have to freaking do it right. You know, some people think that doing bicep curls and bench pressing is enough. And they might do a bit of core work as well. But you don't know what you don't know. And there's working out and there's training. And if you actually want to train and do this right, listen up. Because there's a few best practices to follow. So I once had a client, John, and he probably would have fed into that skinny fat category in the sense that, in his clothes, he felt a bit skinny, but he hadn't a whole lot of he hadn't a whole lot of muscle in his body, but he did have that stubborn air body fat, belly fat around his tummy. And when we started working together, this was actually when we were, when I was doing more in-person PT. A big, big emphasis I put on John was just doing the compound lifts. And I would say about 50%. 
if I used to put a number on it, 50% of his training volume came from doing those compound lifts. So what are the compound lifts I'm talking about? I'm talking, so he was doing hex bar deadlifts. I didn't do barbell straight bar deadlifts, not that there's anything wrong with them. They're just an increased risk of injury. I actually love them, but just they're not a good fit for everyone. So hex bar deadlift for a big lift there for him. Barbell box squat. Again, I prefer the box squat over a barbell and back squat just because particularly if you don't have a whole lot of experience with the lift, it's comforting knowing that you've kind of like a touch and go box to, to just sit back on to gouge your depth before exploding up. So we're doing a lot of barbell box squats. We were doing hex bar deadlifts, bench press for the upper body, chin ups. We were doing um, incline barbell rows. We were doing maybe some overhead press in there. Just your standard compound lifts. And it might sound boring, it might sound basic, but they should make up a large majority of your training because the reason they're called compound lifts, what does compound mean? It means more than one. And when you do compound lifts, it works more than one muscle. The benefit being then that, you know, when you're doing your bench press, it's not just building your chest, it's also your front delts, it's also your triceps, your shoulders. When you're doing deadlifts, it's not just your hamstrings. It's your glutes, it's your low back, it's your erectors. When you're doing squats, it's not just your quads. Again, it's your glutes. There's some, some element of hamstring in there as well. It's your low back, it's your core. It's all of these big muscles. So you're targeting more than one muscle with, with, with just this single exercise compared to when you're just doing a preacher bicep curl. It is just your biceps that you're working. Not to say that accessory work like that doesn't have a role to play, but it shouldn't make up the majority of your training. So if you want to train rather than work out, make sure you're building your program around your compound lifts. I've done previous episodes on how to actually program your workouts effectively and how to build your own program. It all starts off with what is the main lift for today and how can I build upon this? Okay, so when we got John just lifting weights and doing that you know, consistently, Focusing on the compound lifts, he built a lot of strength. So, for example, your main lift for the day is a hex bar deadlift. Okay, so that is your first lift that you're going to do when you're freshest. Then what are some good accessory lifts for that? So we might have done some barbell RDLs, which we did. I know he, um, he found hip thrusts difficult, but they're good for building your glutes. Chin-ups as well. Chin-ups because that works your back muscles. You know, your lats there, which you need to have a strong back and a strong a strong grip to do deadlifts. So the main lift was hex bar deadlifts, but then we were building the program and the session around that, doing RDLs, doing hip thrusts, doing chin-ups, because all of these exercises will help bring up his deadlift, but also help build muscle on his body. And then you might finish off with some more excess or isolation work, like dumbbell rows, like bicep curls, like maybe some farmer's walks to build your grip strength. But they're not the vast majority of your program I would say at least 50% should come from compound lifts. Okay, so that is the first thing. And that's so important. Put a big emphasis on doing the compound lifts. Secondly, reduce the cardio. So I am not of the opinion that doing any one form of exercise only is, is optimal, at least if you want you know, a good, well-defined, balanced physique. And that is why I'm a big fan of cardio. I like to do cardio myself twice a week where on one day I'll do more of a steady state. Um, this will be predominantly zone two, zone three. And then on another day, I will do more interval high intensity work. And that that's where I'm getting zone four 
probably not tapping into the red zone, zone five, but staying consistently in zone four for, which is, you know, 80% of your heart rate plus for maybe 45 to 60 minutes. I'm a big fan of cardio, but it's just the ratio and the amount of cardio that you do. And if you fall into this kind of skinny fat category like I was, where I was just playing Gaelic football in my local club at the time, that was my only form of exercise. I would probably try scale back your cardio to maybe roughly a one to four cardio to strength training guide. So for every hour of cardio you do, do four hours of strength work or four times the amount. Or let's just say in a 60 minute session, that could be, you know, 50 or in a 75 minute session, that could be 15 minutes cardio and 60 minutes weight. You know, that's another way you could look at it um, if you if you want to include cardio. But just reduce your overall cardio because otherwise, like going back to what I told Shifra, you'll just become a smaller, skinnier, fat version of yourself. Okay. And then finally, and this is probably the hardest one that which needs much more kind of one-to-one in context, that is your diet. And okay, first of all, regardless of whether you need to build muscle first and drop body fat next or drop body fat first and then focus on building muscle. One thing which is universal in this is having a high protein diet. Again, assuming you are in a relatively healthy weight category in BMI, I would say take your current body weight in kilos and multiply that by two. That will be your protein target. So for example, your 80 kilos times two, that's 160 grams. Your 60 kilos times two, 120 grams. You get the idea. Two grams of protein because whether you are cutting or whether you're bulking first, having a high protein diet will help you preserve whatever amount of muscle mass you actually have in your frame. It helps make sure that you don't lose that muscle so that you're in a much, much better position to, to build muscle and or lose fat from the end of your, 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 your training phase. It's also going to help you recover faster in between sessions. So if you're doing more compound lifts, I'll tell you what, a well-designed, a well-designed program, program, you're going to feel tired. You will feel probably sore after doing some of those. So recovery is going to be important. Having a high protein diet is going to allow you to do that. So what are some good sources of protein? There's protein foods and there's foods of protein. Foods of protein are things like nuts, chia seeds, porridge, maybe some beans, some legumes, where there's protein in them, but the majority of the calories are coming from either carbohydrates or fats. Peanut butter, another example. But predominantly try to focus on more protein foods, foods which are the vast majority of them are just protein. Like, for example, this is one of the most underrated source of protein out there, especially if you're cutting white fish, cod. There's a reason the rock freaking eats it when he's training for Hercules, because per 100 grams, it's got 80 calories, roughly, and 20 grams of protein. There is like zero fat in it. Pretty much 0% fat. Now, not all sources of protein are created equal. If you want to get 20 grams of protein from a protein bar, again, they can be beneficial, but you're getting 20 grams of protein, but you're also getting an average 220 calories. Compare that to 20 grams of cod and 80 calories. So it's an extra, what, 140 calories there for the same amount of protein. So good lean source of protein, white, white, um, white meats as well. So chicken and turkey, very, very good. Lean steak mints. Just when you're buying it, make sure it has less than 5% fat. Okay, that's going to give you still a good cut of meat, 
maybe 20 grams of protein, 120 calories, some, some fats in there too. I'm not saying that fat is bad in your diet, not at all. It's just, you probably want to limit your, your saturated fat to 10% of your total calories. All right. Um, egg whites, one of the leanest source of protein out there. So the egg yolk is the, is the source of fat in the egg, the healthy fat. The egg whites is the source of protein. Um, and they're just your, your standard source of protein that said chicken, turkey, white fish, um, pangasis is another good fish there. You know, salmon will be a fattier fish, but it's still a decent source of protein. Steak mints, all of those options. Um, Greek yogurt too, and of course, protein powder. But having a high protein diet, that is universal if you fall into the skinny fat category. And secondly then, so adjust your calories accordingly. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and you feel that you probably have more body fat to lose than muscle to build, I would focus on being in a slight calorie deficit of maybe five or 10, 10% about because you don't want to be in an extreme calorie deficit where you lose a whole lot of weight too quickly. I would say about 10%. And that way then you can lose some of the fat without kind of going too extreme on it. If you feel you have more fat to lose than, than muscle to build. So let's just say your maintenance calories are 2000, maybe take off 10% of that and eat around 1800. This would actually give you enough energy as well to have decent workouts, which can you build muscle and burn fat at the same time? No, unless you were untrained, you are taken, you have, you're, you're returning after a long layoff from strength training or you're taking steroids in general. But often I find people in that skinny fat category like I was, they may not think that they're untrained, but the type of training they were doing before is predominantly working out rather than training. So I like keeping the calorie deficit relatively, relatively low, only at like 10%. Because oftentimes they'll actually build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Not always. Again, this is context dependent, but I have found that from my coaching experience in the past. Now, if you do have more muscle to build than body fat to lose, but you still would like to lose some of the body fat, I would say around maintenance or being a slight surplus of, again, about 5 or 10%. What I did with myself, because again, I was relatively untrained, I was probably just in around my maintenance calories. And I did build muscle, but I also dropped fat at the same time because I wouldn't have been doing proper training beforehand. So if you're not, if you don't have a whole lot of training experience and you've more muscle to build and body fat to lose, I would say keep your calories around your maintenance. How do you find out your maintenance calories? I did a full blog post on it. If you go onto my website, www.maclifestylefitness, I did a blog post on how many calories do you need to eat to build muscle and or burn fat. So check that out and I explain everything there. Um, and that is it then with your diet. So adjust your calories accordingly. Um, so they are the three ways to transform a skinny fat body. So just to recap, build muscle, 50% of your volume focusing on compound lifts. Okay, that's like your squat, your bench, your deadlift, your chin-ups, your rows, your overhead press. Reduce your cardio. So maybe a one to four cardio to strength training ratio. So you're doing a 75 minute workout, 60 minutes strength, 15 minutes cardio, or you work out five times a week, one cardio session and four strength sessions. And then your diet. So high protein diet, two grams of protein per kilo of body weight and adjust your calories accordingly. If you have more body fat to lose than muscle to build, focus on dropping body fat first, first by being in a calorie deficit of about five or 10%. If you have more muscle to build than body fat to lose, um, calories at maintenance and or slight surplus of five to 10%. So again, your maintenance calories are 2000. You want to go into a slight surplus, that'll be 2200. 
That's just that example there. And that is it. That is how to, so what is skinny fat? What causes it? And how to actually fix a skinny fat body. So if you would like all of this actually laid out and designed in one single program, I know it can be sometimes difficult when you listen to a podcast like this for 30, 40 minutes, and I'm just spewing out information. But Adrian, what's this actually look like in paper? What exercises do I need to do? How many times a week do I actually need to train? How do I optimize results and get the most out of my time? I'm working out in the gym, but I haven't been seeing the progress. So I'm obviously doing something wrong. I'd like a bit more guidance on this. If that is you, if you're a bit unsure, if you're kind of questioning your approach at the moment, you have a bit of uncertainty whether what you're doing is right, whether what you're doing is wrong, where your calories are at, if you're eating the right types of food for you and for your specific goals, and you would just like the guesswork taken out of it, that you're working 40 hours a week and you don't want to be going onto YouTube, going onto Google and spending another hour every evening looking up something to do in the gym or getting in for inspiration from Instagram or YouTube and you'd like it all laid out in a program for you. Well, I'm going to be launching a new program which actually deals with this particular body type. I'm not saying that there is a specific form of training for skinny fat. There's just some best practices. And as someone who's walked the walk but also talks the talk, if you are in this bracket and you would like to transform and lose some of that belly fat and build some of that muscle, I will be launching a program which actually caters for this. I'm, I'm weighing between a few different names, but it's going to be something on the lines of the skinny fat fix because that is the transformation journey that I went on. And I know it can be a tough place to be in. I, I've encountered every single feeling that you're probably feeling at the moment in terms of not being comfortable in your clothes, not confident with your top off, and just wanting to tone everything up and lean everything out. So if you would like more info on the skinny fat fix, just send me a message on Instagram. Um, regardless, even if you wouldn't, but you listened to this episode and you got some value from it, I love reading the messages of how this helped people, whether you have one or two takeaways from it, or you just learn something new that you can apply immediately. That is why I do this, to give value. But if you would like more one-to-one -one support and something more customized towards you, just send me a message on Instagram and let me know that you listen to the podcast and you'd be open to at least hearing about more information on how my programs work. And I'd be happy to send you on all the details. And that is all for this week's, this week's episode. Also as well, actually as an added bonus now for listeners, what I will do is, I will insert links in the show notes to the skinny fat fix and just kind of, it goes into today's show notes in a bit more detail. So I talk about everything from my own transformation journey to some of the best practices to actually transform a skinny fat body. And I'll even in the document as well, I give you some general tips and guidelines that you can implement into your lifestyle. So if you're an audio learner and you've been taking notes, this podcast might be enough for you. But if you're someone who likes to learn through actually written and just text and, and seeing something laid out, I'll also post the links for that as well. All right. So that is all for this week's episode. If you did get value from the show while you're listening, please leave a five star review and I will catch everyone next week in for another episode. Thank you for listening.